Well, kia ora, hello and welcome to the Coast Vineyard Podcast. Whether you're a regular or a first-time listener, it's so good to have you listening in. We hope and pray that wherever you may find yourself at today, that the message that you're about to hear would be helpful for your journey of faith. So without further ado, let's get into this week's message. Hey everyone, it's Lee here. Um, For those that haven't met me, I've been coming along with my family to coast for seven years when we moved up from the North Shore. And Matt asked me recently whether I would join the Advent uh, series and talk on joy. Now, joy, I must say and must confess, is not something I've ever really thought about in any great shape or form before. In fact, my very first time I ever really spoke on joy was when I had a bad experience with it. And you're probably thinking, like, how can you have a bad experience with joy? Well, it was a period in my life where everything that uh, I wanted to happen was was actually um, basically turned upside down. And I remember one Sunday um, feeling quite broken, but I plucked up the courage to go to church. It's a very hard thing to do when your life doesn't fit the Christian norm at the time and a very well-intentioned person came up to me who kind of knew of the tragedy that was befallen upon my life at that time and he just very glibly said don't worry Lee the joy of the Lord is your strength and I just remember that hitting me and thinking really Um, and even though he was probably just really trying to help me it just really just made me think is this what Christianity is about is this some kind of superficial persona we just attach onto ourselves when things get uncomfortable and that we never really are true and genuine in our approach with God and one another and um, I obviously moved on from that thankfully but I've uh, now come to a different understanding on more around the fruit of the spirit, maybe more as a whole than isolating out separate things like joy or peace. And um, you see joy mentioned in Galatians 5 when Paul writes about the fruit of the spirit and he essentially says the fruit of the spirit of God is love, joy, peace, patience, things like long-suffering. We don't like that word. We don't particularly like patience either. And it talks about goodness and kindness, gentleness. And it talks about these are the fruit of the Spirit of God. And fruit generally uh, means offspring. Actually, if you technically look it up in Google, it actually means ovary. Think about that next time you're eating your apple. (laughs) But the fruit of the Spirit, and it brings out this beautiful display of God's character, you know, love and joy and peace. And then Jesus said a similar thing. Um, He talked about it, but in slightly different ways. He talked about in John 15, about abiding in the vine. And this was a period when he was preparing his disciples for the Spirit of God to come because he was about to leave. And he talked about abiding in him or being connected with him, or um, maybe a casual way of saying it would be to hang out with God. I like the word abide or remain in me and it talks about as we remain in him his spirit comes in and starts transforming us from the inside out. That's where you get the fruit of the spirit, maybe the Galatians 5 bit coming out where we get to experience joy and peace and all these great things that help, all that that we focus on during Advent. So today I just simply wanted to bring up a couple of experiences I've had that have brought joy to me and one was around uh, some thinking I was doing around a psalm and I want to step through that psalm with you this morning and then just a small experience. 
So um, I have for many years really enjoyed Psalm 62 and uh, I have got to know it a little bit and a few weeks ago during lockdown, actually it's probably about a month ago now, I was going for a run which was one of my many coping mechanisms for lockdown and all the uh, difficulty that that brings and I started playing like a playlist in my head, the Psalm 62. So I thought I would just share some of the insights from that. That started bringing joy and peace to me. I don't really separate out joy and peace and peace and patience. It's usually a package deal to me. But it did bring joy and it did bring peace. So I thought if I share it, it might help. Maybe it, cap it captures you as well. So it starts off, the I'm just going to talk about uh, the first eight verses. It starts off. Says, I love it. It says, my soul finds rest in God alone. My salvation comes from him. He alone is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will never be shaken. That's the first few verses of it. And I started thinking about that really first line where it says, my soul finds rest in God alone. I mean, you could camp out on that one line for a while, couldn't you? And I was thinking about my soul, and I was thinking about that's the genuine part of us. You know, unlike that experience I had with joy, where it was more of a disingenuous, oh, you're feeling sad, oh, quickly put something on to make it all go away. It was like, actually, when we are walking with Jesus, we get to be ourselves. We wait on him in our griefs and our losses and in our celebrations and our difficulties and our inner being finds rest in God alone. The other thing that challenges me that sometimes the truth is I don't find rest in God alone. And I started thinking about the word finds. My soul finds rest in God alone. You know, finding something can sometimes be really quick and sometimes finding things can be a bit more of a process. Think about maybe if you've ever played hide and seek with a toddler, really easy to find, right? So what they do is they hide behind a curtain and forget their feet are sticking out from underneath. And um, you know, you find them in an instant, but when they get older, finding them gets harder because they get a little bit smarter. And I think sometimes our experience with God is sometimes we don't find rest in Him immediately. And I think that's okay, because sometimes I've wondered, well, what's wrong with me? You know, I, I don't, I'm not finding this rest, I'm not finding this peace, I'm not finding this joy. And I think it's just a realisation that sometimes we have to wait on God. Sometimes we actually just have to be quiet and wait silently and rest comes. The other thing from this, this, one, this first line, my soul finds rest, is this invitation to relax in God like being careless, not the absence of being, you know, dismissive, but more like resting your cares on God. And it's only found in God alone. I think the world can offer us lots of things, lots of entertainment, lots of promises, but rest really is usually found in one place, in one place alone. And it is in at times where we try to abide, we try and connect in and stay and remain in relationship with Jesus. Then the psalm goes on, it says, My soul finds rest in God alone, my salvation comes from Him. I don't know about you, but I'm always catching myself out trying too hard. Even sometimes getting ready for a sermon or a message, you know, I, I usually try too hard. and I'm usually trying to, under my own steam, try and please God. 
sometimes I think there's a place where you just actually have to stop and realise that actually in my own devices I actually don't have what it takes and salvation comes from him and yes I need to be complicit with him I have to exercise my will because he has a holy walk for us to do and so there is a role for us to do but actually I can't add one bit to my ability to save myself because left my own devices I come up with a huge deficit so part of relaxing in, in him is also accepting that actually he's the one who saves I don't have to strive and that really helps me um, then it goes on to say he alone is my rock and my salvation he is my fortress I will never be shaken there have been many opportunities this year to overwhelm me. I don't know if that's been your experience. I remember when we went into lockdown on August 17th and I, I remember hearing about Delta coming to New Zealand and there was the Afghanistan crisis at the same time and just seeing those desperate people trying to get on planes to flee the Taliban and you just see the desperation. It was just quite horrifying. There was the um, floods in Kumiu not long afterwards. There was the uh, shooting, deaf, deaf, just so sad what happened out in West Auckland and there was an abundance of escalation of bad news and I think the psalm just helps to reorientate us back to where we find our strength in times that are changing and our strength is found in God who is our rock who is our fortress and he is never shaken by events he is our source of control in circumstances that are uncontrolled. He is our strength and protection when times are very fluid and ever-changing. And He is sovereign. And it might not feel like it all the time, but He actually is in control. So then the psalm goes off into kind of a tangent. Have you noticed that with psalms? That sometimes you're reading and you've got the gist of what they're saying and then it kind of goes off somewhere. Well, this psalm does that uh, as well. And I sometimes have felt, oh, oh I don't really know what it's saying. Um, and so it goes, so how long will you assault a man? Would all of you throw him down this leaning wall, this tottering fence? They fully intend to topple him from his lofty or his high place place. They take delight in lies with their mouths they bless but in their hearts they curse. And um, I've listened to these couple of verses and I've been thinking what is what are they trying to get at here? And they're talking about or they're describing or the psalm is describing a person who is feeling very vulnerable. They are like a leaning wall or a tottering fence and they fully intend to be toppled from a high place. And I just think it's a picture of vulnerability. And vulnerability is a really uncomfortable place to be. Uh, when you're in a place where you feel like you're weak or exposed to forces that are stronger than you and may even intend to cause you harm. And there are times in life, more often than we would like uh, to admit, that we feel vulnerable, we feel exposed. We feel that circumstances and situations are so much more bigger and daunting than we have the capacity to handle. We have more questions and less answers we can't see a roadway through and what this psalm does is it, is it describes someone who's feeling 
vulnerable, feeling that they're likely to be attacked, feel like they're going to fall down and break. And then the psalm says, what do you do in this situation? Because the next verse says, find rest, O my soul, in God alone. It repeats its first line. So when you're feeling vulnerable, if you're feeling like you are in a threatening situation, that there's more risks and harms than you've got control over, and that you're feeling exposed, that even in that, that we can find rest. Just notice that sometimes finding rest isn't instantaneous. can be a process of waiting for it to come. And um, as we abide in him, as we rest in him, that our souls can, even in difficult, vulnerable uh, situations, that we can find things like peace. We can find joy. We can find the, the essence of God's character beginning to spill over into our experience just by the mere fact of spending time with him. And it's not a, it's not a quick fix. It's not an instantaneous, you know, you press this button and a widget comes out. It's actually taking time to abide in him, taking time to wait on him. And, you know, sometimes we need to be patient as we're waiting for the response of God. And then the psalm has the audacity to suggest that even if you are vulnerable, if you are in a place of great exposure to risks and harm and threatening situations, it has the audacity to suggest that you can even find hope in that. Because it says, find rest, O my soul, in God alone my hope comes from him. My hope comes from him. So when your circumstances are unfavorable, when you're feeling exposed, that as we wait, as we hang out with him, as we abide in him, that we can find hope as we wait on him. The psalm goes on to say, he alone is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will not be shaken. And if you're thinking, haven't we read that before? Yes, it was right at the beginning. It's a reorientation back to a truth that I think we can always keep hearing over and over again. And once again, it's re-emphasizing that God is our rock. He is the source of salvation that we can run to. And because he is strong as we rest in him, as we, are, we hang out with him, I don't want to be too casual with that because I don't think we can approach God casually or carelessly. But as we abide with him authentically, that we can find his strength to become our strength. I mean, let's face it, left to my own devices, and I guess you feel, maybe you feel the same, that I'm often shaken. You know, I take my eyes off God, and there's lots of things that can feel threatening to me, and I can feel shaken. But when I reorientate myself back to recognizing that actually in him, I have, um, he is my rock. He is my strength, that because he is not shaken, and purely by virtue of the fact that he's not shaken, that I'm not shaken also. And then it says, my salvation and honor depend on God. He is my mighty rock, my refuge, repeating themes of his strength and our weakness. Um, I can spend a lot of time fussing about things that don't really matter. You know, I have been listening to a lot of podcasts recently by a fabulous teacher, a guy called uh, Pete Scazzero, and he was talking uh, recently about 
breaking the chains of being addicted to approval and it just resonated with me and often I fuss and I mess around about what do people think of me, am I doing the right thing and I think the psalm just once again confirms that actually my salvation and honour depend on God. And our response should be a little bit like Psalm 25. I love the beginning of Psalm 25. It simply says this. It says, Lord, I give myself to you. It's a place, it's a posture of yielding yourself to him and saying, actually, all the stuff I worry about, do people like me? What will they think of this message? You know, how do I stack up against my peers? Actually, it all is immaterial because actually my salvation and my honour depend on who God is and what he's done for me. And I think it just reminds us of that. And he is our anchor he is our salvation, and in difficult times, if I'm resting in him, I can experience his joy, his peace, his patience, all these great Advent themes, or actually more the facets of who God is, you know, the, the fruit of the Spirit, the offspring of his character becomes us and becomes ours, and the whole Galatians 5 works itself out to us. And the last verse I want to pick out from Psalm 62 is verse 8. I love it because it's quite, um, it just has a picture of intimacy with God. It says, trust him at all times, O people. Pour out your hearts to him, for God is our refuge. It says to me that there is never a time when you cannot trust God. In the last, what, 48 or 24 months, I'm no good at maths, by the way, but, you know, since basically uh, when COVID hit in 2020, there's been a lot of talk about unprecedented times. Last year, we were hit with this new thing called COVID, and there was American elections, and there was this instability. This year, it's Delta and Omicron and all these, there's so many things, and we all feel like we've never been here before. But do you know, with God, there's nothing unprecedented. There's nothing that can, there's no situation, there's no circumstance that actually prevents us going to God. Romans 8 talks about nothing in the, in the present nor in the future can separate us from the presence of God or from God's love actually is what it says. And it just reminds us at all times, if you're feeling like this year has been uncharted territory, like I don't know, a lot of us probably have felt, I know I have, that I've never been in this kind of place before, he's right there in it. He is, this is not a surprise to him, there is no exceptional situation to him that he doesn't have a plan for. And we can trust him in every circumstance, whether it's a large thing or a small thing. In fact, I think it's the small things where you see God's faithfulness being worked out in your life that speaks volumes. I remember there was a time when I was working for an employer and I had just come back from a year's maternity leave after having my son and I really wanted just to work four days a week and I was previously a full-time uh, employee and the employer for months and months and months said no you have to do your full-time hours there is no uh, option for a four-day week and I kept praying about it and kept hoping about it and then one day I happened to be on a plane go on leave actually I was going down to Wellington to visit family and who was on the plane just two seats ahead was the brand new CEO at that time of my employer and I just felt you know this is an opportunity I got chatting to him 
and I told him about my role and I told him how I'd just come. He was very interested in me, which was lovely. And he he just said, so what do you do? And I told him I'd just come back from maternity leave and I wanted to do four days a week and that the organisation had said no repeatedly to me. And he said, Lee, family's important. And I don't know what he did, but a week later, the, the no's became a yes, and I was back to doing four days a week. God's faithfulness to something that meant so much to me spoke volumes. And it blows my mind the detail to which God understands us. The invitation of verse 8 that says trust in him at all times O people pour out your hearts to him is this invitation for us to be very real with God in our hanging out with him or our abiding or our connection with him unlike maybe my experience I had at the beginning where I was just told that the joy of the Lord was my strength as if I had to conjure something up that really wasn't real. Here we've got God inviting us to be very honest and very real with him and I think when we do that he treats us as friends. Psalm 25 says he treats, he confides in the people that trust him. And I think this is an invitation for us to be very real because he cares deeply for us. He's there for us to download on. And it's so much more than that, but this is an aspect of God that we um, can just be reminded of in the psalm. So as I thought through these first eight verses of Psalm 62, it just brought joy to me. It brought actually peace. Once again, I don't like to separate the fruits of the Spirit into little categories and boxes. I actually think we get a nice fluid response from the Holy Spirit. But I just had the, the peace and the joy and just a sense of oh, relief. Uh, as I read it, and hopefully it does to you. I want to finish on one last story. Simple really simple story but once again I just had this sense of joy when I did it I was uh, it was during lockdown <laughs> most of our stories probably are from lockdown and I was just surfing I don't know Disney plus for a movie to watch and nothing was happening in the space so I just actually glanced outside and it was dark and I looked up to the sky and I saw a really bright star and I thought oh man I bet that's a planet but I didn't know which one it was and I remembered oh there's an app for that and I thought oh go get my phone and I'll see if I can download an app so I went to my mobile I went to the app store I downloaded this app I can't even remember what it was called and then I went out onto the deck and I just glanced my phone up and I looked up into the heavens and I realized that bright star was actually the planet Venus Venus and as I scrolled around there was Jupiter and it told me where um, Saturn was right next door if I remember rightly and then there was that showed me all the astrological logical uh, constellations I didn't haven't really spent any time on before but it was just interesting and you know what happened as I just noticed that as I looked up and looked at the vast wondrous universe that I'm part of and that God created it made all my small little niggly feelings and worries just seem so in insignificant not that they didn't matter but they just if God can do that if God can create the heavens and the earth so amazingly that he can look after all my little problems and I just felt oh, Lee don't worry don't sweat the small stuff 
Psalm 121 says, I look up to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. And sometimes I think the psalm is just telling us, you know, just to lift our gaze, redirect what we're focusing on, see what God has done, the, the wondrous power and creativity from a God that can do what seems impossible and that he can look after my small problems and just peace and joy started coming back. And uh, just a final thought, I keep on saying final thoughts, don't I? But you know, one of the, my favorite parts of the Easter, uh, the Easter story, the Christmas story, is uh, when the angel Gabriel says to Mary, when explaining that she was going to give birth to Jesus, he just reminded that with God, all things are possible. So hopefully um, just sharing these stories and my reflections from Psalm 62 and the reminder sometimes to look up from our problems and redirect our glance to a God who not only created the heavens and earth but cares for us deeply has brought joy to you. And uh, I think on the screen it's going to come up just some questions for us to ponder uh, as, uh, as a reflection from this time. So things like, what part from Psalm 62 has spoken to you? For me, it was that word finding rest in God alone, that sometimes it's a process and not to be too worried when sometimes when I'm trying to spend time with God that nothing happens, that actually sometimes we just wait in that space and silence and it's okay. Finding is a process. What truths of the psalm brings joy to you? For me it was that invitation of just it's okay, salvation comes from him. I don't have to do all the fussing and worrying about being perfect or getting it right all the time. You know, and it was also this invitation to pour out my heart to him. Could it be that as you enter into a holiday season, are there opportunities for you to carve out times to find rest in God so that the joy might spill over into your life in peace and the fruit of the Spirit? And are there things that are weighing heavily on your heart that you may need to pour out to Him? Or are there things that are weighing on your heart that actually you just need to shift your gaze from just staring at them and the complexity of the problems and actually give them to a God who created the heaven and the earth and just changing your focus onto him. Anyway, hopefully this is helpful and I hope that you have a wonderful Christmas and a good start to 2022. Thank you. Well, thanks again for tuning in to today's message. We hope and pray that it's been most helpful. If you're keen to find out more about us as a church whānau, you're welcome to go to coast.org.nz or of course we'd love to meet you in person. We meet at 10am at Aurewa College on the beautiful Hibiscus Coast and you're more than welcome. Be blessed and have a great day.